And we are live. That's live for us anyways. And you're locked in to the Kansas City Social Hour. And I'm your humble host, Ruben Ortiz. Let's get it on. Hello, everyone. Uh, been it's been a crazy week. I've I've been it's been running around, and I I hate to say that to people that are like because you're you're a beer rep and you're a small business owner, so you guys are always probably like running around like chickens with your head cut off or something. But God, this week has just been crazy, and so I was rushing over here to get all this done. And uh, we have a two for one special today. We have Laura. Is it Hyman? Yeah, Hyman. Hyman. And Jennifer Helbert, uh, and so today we're going to be we're going to start off with Jennifer because we're going to be talking about uh, Picnic Belgique Festival, which I love the name, and I'm excited to talk about uh, that cool festival that that we got going on. Is there something wrong with that? Is it on? Yeah. Yeah. Is it okay? Is it um, is it loud enough for you? Just hold it real closer. There we go. Is it working? Yeah, okay. Right. right on. Good deal. And it, even though it. it it's uh, mostly it's just for you to hear it. If not, it, it's really picking it up right here because okay. I have it real high. And so just hold it close and it'll get that recording. So we're going to be talking about uh, Picnic Belgique. And then we're going to, she, uh, Laura is the rep at Coop Ale Works. And so we've never talked about Coop before. So I'm excited to uh, talk about their beers and the cool stuff that they got going on. Coop Ale Works, where are they from? Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. Awesome. Right on. Perfect. I'll let you give me the spiel about that here in a bit. <laughs> so um, her career as a lab rat for 30 plus years has included work in water management, which we finally got some water outside. It's finally raining today. Uh, uh, academic research, government, and Boulevard Brewing Company. She's a beer judge and believes life is short. Drink the best beer. She's a microbiologist, and you can find her at Grain to Glass. Please welcome Jennifer Helbert. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to have you here again, and I'm excited to talk about the annual Picnic Belgique Festival, Saturday, September 8th, 4 to 8 p.m. So it's coming up pretty quick, guys. Uh, A great festival. I can't wait to talk about some of these beers. Uh, it's a perfect time for these beers. Uh, the fall is a great time to, well, it's always a great time to have a Belgian beer, but the fall for me and, and winter time for some reason is when I really seek out those kind of beers. But um, so it's uh, also a Belgian beer judge certification program competition, BJCP. So all my beer nerd friends out there, 
Uh, I noticed that there's close to 60 participants the last time I checked, so it keeps growing, which is really cool. That's that's awesome. That so lots of uh, also you beer nerds get your submissions in for for the beers. And uh, this will be our sixth year for the competition. Uh, we usually have 70 some 70. The cutoff is 100 entries, but we limit it to four categories that are Belgian style of beers. That's really cool. And so um, so it started off as just a strictly beer competition. Is that right or no? Well, we've always had an award ceremony tied to the competition. Um, our first year was at Local Pig. Uh, had uh, Michael Crane there before he was into the commercial brewing. and Before it blew up. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we've always had speakers. Um, I think that first year we had a couple of speakers by Skype, but um, we've had some pretty well-known brewery people. Um, Stan Hieronymus, Florian Coupland, Stephen Powells, Gordy from Lost Abbey. And, but especially I'm excited about this year's speaker. It's uh, Peter Buchart from, well, he used to be the head brewer at New Belgium in Fort Collins. That's amazing. Yeah, and now he is has his own brewery in Fort Collins called Purpose. If you go to his website, he talks all about oak trees, and he is the co-author of a book on wood and beer. So we'll have copies of that book for him to sign. He even teaches classes on barrel making at his brewery. So he's a well-known expert on wood and beer. That's so exciting, man. That's really cool. And uh, what was the name of the brewery again in Fort Collins? Purpose. Purpose. Uh Purpose Brewing. And so New Belgian, started off at New Belgian's, now got Purpose Brewing. And his book is Wood and Beer. Right. And, uh, yeah, so that's the Brewer's Guide to Wood and Beer. And I have some notes on that, too. So there's always, like, this, um, there's always this theme of, like, sharing knowledge, which is what you guys always do, or a, a lot of what you guys do at Grain to Glass, I always see your posts on introducing people to styles and right. showing yeah. how people can brew those specific styles. What are some of the subjects that you guys have covered in the past in regards oh, to this event? In the past, well, um, last year our speaker talked about touring Belgium, which I'd love to do one of these days. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, Gordy from Lost Abbey talked all about their sour beer program out there in uh, San Diego. Uh, Stan Hieronymus, he's well-known. He's written quite a few books. He talked like about Brewing Like a Monk. That's one of his books. Awesome. Um, and of course, Stephen Powell's talked about the Belgian beers he's made at Boulevard. So. And so... Um do the pe- do the folks that participate pay in that portion of it? Do they seem genuinely appreciative of these opportunities to learn more about either brewing or the or just beer in general? Or do they, do they get pretty excited from that? Oh yeah, aspect well, of- I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of excitement about our speaker, and but the competition too is a, a special interest. People can hone their skills on making Belgian beers. We have three. Brewers representing the three local homebrew clubs that are going to be serving one of their beers. They've won the competition in the past. 
We're going to have some local breweries serving uh, their Belgian-style beers, including Colony and several others. And then we're also going to have the benchmark Belgian import styles for people to try. That's great. So beers are presented by past winners from your competition, and the competition's a big part of it. So you're in with all of the, the beer groups, the, mm-hmm. the, the brewing groups. Yeah. And so they're all aware of it, and they're getting excited to do their submissions and, yes. and their various styles. And yeah, like I said, we've been doing this five other years, so it's, I mean, people know about it. And good, good, man. And hopefully, uh, this will light a fire under their butt to get their submissions in, and also for folks to grab tickets to go and taste some of these. So they taste the brews, uh, not from the competition, right? What, what are the right. brews that that uh, people yeah. can taste when when they buy a ticket? There will be those three home brewers. I, they haven't told me what they're bringing yet. That's cool. But uh, and then so far I've got four local breweries: uh, Double Shift, and Cinderblock, and Colony, and I'm waiting on several others. Um, but then the Belgian imports will be um, some of the classics. Duvel um, will have. Trappist beers. Oh, yeah. They, those, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, really good. Chimay. Oh, gosh. I love Chimay, man. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was going to talk a little bit about, like, when I first got into beer, the American craft selection wasn't what it is today. And a lot of uh, my the first experiences that I had were these European imports mm-hmm. and uh, Belgian beers, Chimay. Uh, is one that really stands out. They really just make a fantastic beer. And, and I, I was excited to see because in the last couple of years just doing this podcast, we've been fully immersed in the American craft scene because it's so crazy. It's all over the place. And you almost uh, forget how uh, not – and not – I'm just talking about me. I know a lot of people have forgot about these beers. But, you know, I just haven't gotten back and revisited – the catalog of beers that got me, you know, the Saisons and right. the strong, uh, the Belgian Blondes and uh, the Triples and these great styles that just really uh, blew my mind and opened my mind up to what beer could be, you know. Right. I, I think they kind of also cross over to wine drinkers, people that don't like hoppy beers and such. They, they appreciate Belgian beers. That's a great point for sure. And so um, there's also going to be a buffet of Belgian foods available. Well, so can you talk a little um, bit about that? We've done in the past, like with Local Pig, we did a buffet. And I've done a buffet with mussels and frites, which is a typical Belgian food. I kind of want to bring an awareness of Belgian food pairing with Belgian beers. Yeah. In Kansas City, there is no Belgian restaurant, but in... In my travels, I've come across Belgian restaurants in Grand Rapids, Boston, uh, Denver, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And so Muscles is a little bit uh, out there for that most scares people. people. <laughs> <laughs> so we're well, I'm gonna, glad you mentioned it, though. So you're not going to have Muscles? No. We're, okay. We've kind of modified our menu. To, <laughs> we're going to have the Waffler food truck, but they do Belgian waffles. Uh, okay. They say Liege waffles. And so... See, and I'm That's not that familiar with uh, with Belgian 
cuisine either you know I, so i was trying to like i was i always i would assume that cheese is part of it is that is there like a is there i mean just because the beers always a, a lot of times they'll pair them with yeah, so is that a thing a, we we may very well have a cheese spread um and we're going to have fries which most people think of french fries but they're really a belgian thing really? we'll serve them with <laughs> Mayo, which With is mayo. kind of the traditional So that is the thing, thing is, as well. But we'll so have some it. other I'm like, kind of I'm sauces. I'm so uncultured, man. I don't know any of this <laughs> stuff. I, this is all just references from movies that I've seen. Is that So that's a real thing, the mayonnaise and fries? Yeah. Awesome. I'll try it. I'll do it. And um, so there's also a raffle of Belgian merchandise right. provided by major brands. That's right. Uh, proceeds for the One Tree Planet. But yeah, talk a, a little bit about the raffle. Um, we've done raffles in the past, and we thank major brands. They're um, one of their suppliers who handles the imports is sending us a big box of uh, merchandise. That's great. That's so cool, man. And yeah, I'm all about the beer swag. I uh-huh. go crazy for the beer swag. Yeah. I don't know why. Even though I have a ton of it, I can't stop. It's, I don't know what's wrong with I me. I mean, we always get good stuff for a raffle. There's you know signs and glassware yeah. and good stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm a nut for that kind of stuff. I, and I really think it's cool. I don't have a lot of, like, uh, like the European import, But a lot of, like, you know, I'm, I've been get a lot of people give me, like, American craft beer stuff. Or I'll, you know, go to beer festivals and find them there. So that, that's that's pretty exciting. And then it, it benefits the One, One Tree, Tree Planet. Planet what, yes. what is One Tree Planet? Um, well, it's in memory of, of an employee we had. And One Tree Planet... You donate money there. They plant trees all over the world. I um, have donated some money already to, and you can designate where the trees are planted. I designated Oregon because that's where Julie lived for quite a few years. But it's a pretty cool program, I think, uh, reforesting areas. And uh, and Julie B. Anderson, it's in memory of her, and yes. she was an employee there. And I, I believe that the, I... I'm not sure about. It. I think I bought my shirt, my grain to glass shirt from her. That I'm, so I'm actually, sure you must have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I actually got a chance to meet Julie, and um, yeah. So just you know, it's it's a, it's a great cause, you know, and and it, there's also that aspect of it. I love the um the it, that it's benefiting something good, and that that's that's really awesome. So I, that's a great thing. Um, the Official competition registration is from July 1st through September 2nd. Right. And so there's a link there. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of these beers. When I think of Belgian beers, I wrote down some of my notes that I think of malty here, high flavor, Belgian yeast, spicy. Well, uh, Those are the things that I think of. I know those don't, that doesn't encompass... You know, because that's pretty broad, but that, that's generally what I think of. I think like Belgian yeast, like yeah, has a specific flavors that they, I mean, that those that the Belgian yeast. Definitely, yeah, the Belgian yeast pr- contributes a, a great amount of the character of Belgian beers. Uh, and the reason we we have the competition at the uh, to be judged at the end of the summer is because Belgian yeast usually prefer warm temperatures for fermentation, and that mm-hmm. produces all the esters and clove-like kind of flavors you're familiar with. But there's a whole range. I mean, wit beers are also Belgian, and they're a light summer beer. So you said the the yeast prefers summer weather? 
temperatures. Uh huh. So, all right. How long does it take to ferment? Like some of these beers, like uh, oh, tip- typically, you know, the fermentation would be two to four weeks. Or you know, for the heavier, the higher alcohol beers, you want to let them ferment and, yeah. and age longer. So somebody's yeah. making a triple. They should have started it a while back. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah, because it just seemed, for me, like, some of, like, like a triple, like, that style in particular, like, I would like to drink in the fall. Mm-hmm. And then there's some, like, Belgians that, like, are, um, like, like some of the more plum flavors or the spicier, heavier alcohol beers are just great winter beers. Mm-hmm. That's right. But, um, yeah, I didn't, uh, so, yeah, that's why some of the, the thoughts that I get from are, like, like spicy and it's, it's maltier and then thinking of some of the the um like the flavor combinations that you have with with those beers uh i'm gonna go ahead and name some of the ones from the particular styles that you guys could submit uh wit beers which basically that's just a wheat beer right it's just like a wheat which is what i'm drinking right now and that's why there's a lime floating in there this is cinco wheat (laughs) that's a wheat beer but uh belgian pale ale you know i love uh the Belgian blonde ale. I, I really like And you guys have a, a nice blonde, right? Yeah, ours is a traditional American blonde, but right. we do have a Belgian beer in our portfolio. Uh, it's a Belgian really? strong, dark. It's called DNR. It's 10% ABB. Lots of plum, lots of fig, lots of cinnamon, toastiness. And there's a really small niche of people that like it, but they just freak out over it all the 10%, time. 10% is that what you said? Mm-hmm. And... and I'm not ignoring Laura. We're not ignoring Laura. <laughs> Laura's going to take on the next half of the podcast is, uh, as soon as we finish talking about. Uh, uh, but, it, yeah, it's good that we actually included you in the conversation at some point. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll be talking Coupe Ale Works. So it's Coupe. It's DNR. It's 10%. our Belgian Strong Dark. Yeah, it's part of our core lineup. And a lot of people think it's crazy that we have a Belgian Strong in a can and We've had that from it's pretty much one of our original recipes. Yeah, and that, that's so cool. There, there, uh, there's a lot of American uh, craft brewers that throw in a Belgian style in their. And I'm wearing a tall grass big rig shirt, and they had Velvet Rooster. You remember Velvet Rooster? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that was a that was an awesome beer. That was one of my favorite beers that they brewed, and it was discontinued. I think they brought it back, and they brought it back in different wood va- uh, age versions of it. So. Then there's Saison. Uh, Has anyone ever heard of a Saison? Saison's uh, <laughs> it's such a popular style of beer, and, and there's a, that's another beer that American craft is latched onto as, you know, yeah, so you many can, variations yeah, of that right, deal. So many variations you can do with a Saison. Saison Brett from Boulevard is, like, one of my Oh, gosh, it's a fantastic beer. That thing is awesome, and, uh, yeah, it's such a great, well-done beer. Almost like, and depending, it, it pops like a champagne bottle if you want it to. <laughs> so highly carbonated beer. There's a the trapeze ale, which is Chimay. That's the first thing I think of when, when I think of trapeze style beers is is Chimay and their lineup of different. What do you think of when you hear the uh, trapeze? Well, um, I think of Orval. Orval is so much. Oh my god. And yeah, she would you say, Laura? Orval, yeah, that's like that hits home hardcore. That beer is amazing. <laughs> Rochefort and I'm trying to 
think of all the names. But all these places I'd like to go to in Belgium. <laughs> and and so this is like, this is like, do you have like a passion for these this uh, particular style of beer? Is that right, or, or do you? I oh, mean, I you, you know I like all beers. You like all beers, all right? <laughs> but, <laughs> I was thinking yeah, the, Belgians especially. I yeah I do like Belgians. And what is it about the particular style that you like so much that you made a competition I mean, for it? Yeah, well, the summertime fermentation is pretty much okay. The thing. All and, right. Um, but I'm sorry. I don't. I don't even brew. So there's people that are watching. They're like brewing. All right. The whole freaking reason is that it, you know. But I didn't know that. That's awesome. So it just lends itself to where like people can brew it in the summer and then hit this competition right at the sweet spot to where their beers are. Yeah. Pretty tasty. If yeah. If you don't want to crank your AC down and like you would for most ales, um, you can kind of let the Fermentation go at a warmer temperature. Wow. Yeah. So is there um, other, a lot of competitions around this time that, that like hit for Belgian styles? Is this like the time for them? Is there, I, I I'd s- have to look at the BJCP calendar, but I don't recall very many others that are specifically Belgian. Okay. Uh, and it's easier, uh, from a judge's standpoint, it's easier to judge when you have a narrow yeah. category range. You know, and I've never... Um, judged beers before, but it always and I was I was curious about like the judging process. Like, is it a pain in the? I mean, I I was sometimes would just want to drink, or but like, is it is it a pain in the butt to judge beers, or is it an awesome thing? What it's is it? Not awesome, a pain, but it's 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 work. Yeah, I mean, you okay. got to sit there and focus and write. <laughs> that sounds <notes>. crazy, right? <laughs> you if you told anybody outside of it. <laughs> I think it sounds like a pain in the ass, but I think if you ask the average person, they'd be like, yeah, beer judge. Yeah, I'll be a beer judge. <laughs> Maybe be a judge tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite things is to judge at the Great American Beer Festival in, in Denver every year. And that's what, where I've gotten to meet a whole lot of, you know, brewery people like Peter Buchart, who's coming to speak. But um, judging is, like I say, it's, it's an intense kind of experience, and but it's I, I, the only time it's not pleasant is when you get something with a big flaw in it. <laughs> and well, that seems like that would make it easier to be like, this one's this one does not win. <laughs> right? This one just this is the one that Reuven brewed. <laughs> this one just goes to the back of the line. I mean, may, at least they make it easy for you on those, right? <laughs> yeah, those are hard. Those are easy to eliminate. You know, those don't <laughs> like, advance hey, to the you best. You could tell show. everyone at the table to ignore that one too. You could be like, seriously, this one's wrong. <laughs> you don't even have to taste that one. Trust me. Uh, so, no pressure, guys. <laughs> no pressure on getting your your beers in. Reservations for tickets are available through Brown Paper Tickets. Yep. Purchase them by August twenty sixth. Uh, I, I already spoke to my wife. I'm going to be there. I, I want to go and check all all this stuff. I think it's a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. Tickets are discounted ten dollars if you do them if they're purchased by August 26th. So you can buy them all the way up to the event. Is is that you right? You can. Um, yeah. But you don't want people to wait to the last. Right. Minute. We're going to have to get a judge on you know glassware. You'll be getting a, a gold rimmed glass with your. Uh, admission and we got to get a number on seating and all that kind of thing so so try to get your tickets uh, early you get the discount plus make it easier for for folks to prepare and figure out what it is the bonus is that peter 
Bucart. Bucart, yes. Bucart, uh, wooden beer, the use of wooden vessels for storage, transportation, fermentation, or aging of beer is deeply rooted in history. Today's talented brewers are innovating, experimenting, and enthusiastically embracing a seemingly mystical complexity of flavors and aromas derived from wood. And, you know, we've all seen that whole thing unfold, like how, you know, and Boulevard has their wood program, their aging, wood aging program going. It seems like every brewer is having to include it. Local brewers like my man Grant and and Sour... uh, uh, City Barrel are, are going to be bringing in wood to enhance their beer flavors. So the souring effects of microbes take up residence in the woods and add uh, in the wood to the wood character drawn from barrels or folders. And this book covers the history, physiology, microbiology, and flavor com- contributions of the wood and also the maintenance of the wood vessels. So, man, it's a, it's a compre- it sounds like a comprehensive read, and yeah, it sounds pretty, like a fascinating I'm have cat. I'm going to do some quick study on it myself. Yeah. But it, well, I already know all that shit, so if you need, to, <laughs> if you need to, like a crash, crash course. just yeah, just call me, and I'll tell you exactly what you need to know. No, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> so Peter is also from Belgium, so, you know, you're, you're going to be getting the... Flemish accent when you he's get the authenticity talking. of it. He's authentic. That's great. So, um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about in regards to the festival? I think you've covered it all pretty much, but I think it's going to be a very pleasant evening out in our parking lot under a tent. Uh, like I said, we'll have the waffler food truck there, we'll have fries, we'll have Belgian beers, we'll probably have some other desserts too. Uh, um, you said I usually chocolate? make pies. <laughs> nice. What pies do you make? Oh, all kinds of summer, I don't wanna, I'm summer fruit pies, okay. blackberry, peach. That sounds awesome. Kind of so, and so this is at the parking lot of Grains to Glass? Yes, it is. 16th and Swift from 4 to 8. Um, we're going to try and tie in with a, another festival going on in North Kansas City by calibration. There, there's this from noon to 4, so you can come on down to North Kansas City for the whole day. <laughs> so is theirs starts early? Yeah. Okay, so then there's, uh, and that's at where, call sign? Calibration. Oh, calibration, mm-hmm. calibration. Mm-hmm. Wow, you can make a whole day of it. So yeah. uh, join Jennifer at Grain to Glass Saturday, September 8th, 4 to 8 p.m. Get your submissions for the beer judging, uh, for, for your, your beers to be judged. And uh, Jennifer's a hardcore judge. She's going to find all the flaws in your beer, and you're not going to win. No, I'm just kidding. You it's might just, win. This is not just for people that brew. It's for anyone who wants to enjoy some Belgian beers. And, yes. Yep. And I was I was going to get to that, too. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. So then, and then go and have some nice Belgian buffet cuisine and taste some of the awesome beers. So just go ahead and do that. And yep. Yeah, it's awesome. Great. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. Jennifer has to, what do you got to go do? I'm teaching a class tonight on hops. So it's hop harvest season. And I, See, yeah, she's so. always teaching people. She's always helping people out. It's great having you. And I, I really enjoy having you here. And I hope that you guys have a great success with your festival. Thank and like you. I said, I've already spoke to my wife, so I'm going to be there. And so Alrighty. all of you guys should be there. Get your tickets. And I will see you later. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm going to... And next, we're going to talk to Laura 
about Coupe Ale Works. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiz you on what we just talked about. Perfect. Just a second. Let me help uh, Jennifer <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. Have a great <laughs> evening, and, and hopefully you help people with their hops. <laughs> so what's up with you? How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I, and I, was, I wanted to know, first of all, I got my coupe yeah. ale glass. I brought this for me, and I, I had to wash it because I had just used I don't know when I used it, but I was like, oh, I want to take my coupe ale glass, <laughs> my F5 IPA glass, which is awesome. Have my cool uh, F5 IPA, and that's a great beer too. That's one of the ones that I haven't tried a whole lot of coupe sure. beers. That's one of the ones that I've tried. I mean, F5 currently it's sixty percent of our sales, so that's keeps the lights on for us. Most people are familiar with it, and it doesn't surprise me. Uh, right now, though, uh, we have in the Missouri market, we have our double dry hot pilsner. It's called Saturday Siren, and the reason it's named that is because every Saturday. At noon in Oklahoma City, they test the tornado sirens. It's crazy. Every when? Every Saturday. Wow. At noon. Well, they have Wednesdays, to, yeah. The first Wednesday of every month. Yeah. But, like, our anniversary party is on a Saturday, and the first time I was down in Oklahoma City for our anniversary party, the weather was not nice. It was overcast. It was windy. <laughs> and the tornado sirens started going off. And like, no one shit. moved. I was like, what? What's going on? Don't you know what that means? That fucking... That reminds me of a story. As I, I, I worked, you know, and this is a big industry in Oklahoma as well as Absolutely. like in the, the, the oil industry. Oh, yeah, for sure. So <laughs> we, I would work in the oil industry and we, we, we were digging. So okay. we were like, uh, I was like, uh, and I was, what the hell do they call us? We were like, uh, some kind of scrubby ass name. I oh, forgot. yeah, yeah, no, I know. I, what is the scrubby ass name for like, like the what? opening? <laughs> yeah. Uh,. Damn remember. it. Yeah. People are going to be like so pissed. And I should know this because I was one of them. Right. I, was, I don't remember uh, what it's called, but yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it was a little pain in the ass or whatever. So, I, yeah, I had the shitty job of making the the pipes bite down so that they could spin down. Oh, say. okay. So uh, uh, every once in a while, these alarms would go off and they'd be going off. Uh-huh. And all of us would be sitting up there and, and it was hot. It's hot. You're out in the middle of... And uh, I asked the guys, I was like, well, what what the hell the alarm keep going off for? <laughs> they go, well, we hit a pocket of poisonous gas. Uh, and so that alarm is going off so that you could run to the OSHA designated area over there. That's and terrifying. so I got up and I was like, <laughs> well, you know, shouldn't we be going? Like, let's yeah. go, man. Like, let's run down the ladder and go to the designated OSHA safe You'll zone. Be fine. You'll be fine. And they go, knock yourself out. <laughs> We're so you're so fucking tired that you're like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. I'll take my chances <laughs> with the poisonous gas. No one's died yet, so. <laughs> oh, we hit poisonous gas. Yeah, go run to the OSHA thing if you feel like it. But it's a hundred degrees out here. We're busting our ass all day. Yeah. Nobody wants to do that. Mm-mm. So very similar to, I guess people in Oklahoma just don't give a fuck about well, sirens so or noises. Well, so when we first launched <laughs> the Missouri market, it was. A f- I started in uh, in May, and then I was released out into the wild, I guess you could say, in, in June. And our Tulsa rep, <laughs> who had been with the company for a year, was like, I want to come up and help her, get comfortable. It's kind of overwhelming because we had been in the Kansas market for two years, and we didn't have a rep up here. So he's like, it's going to be a lot. You're going to have to do a lot of shit. So 
I want to come up and break you in a little bit. And so we were coming back from Lawrence and the weather was just, it was going crazy. And he was just like, Oh yeah, those are, those are tornadoes about ready to form. And we were driving down the interstate to get back to Kansas city. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, what would you be doing right now? If you were at home, he goes sitting on my front porch, just watching it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it's like, yeah, we sit and watch tornadoes all the time. And I was like, that is terrifying. You're lucky if one hits. You know, it's like it's it's lucky if you make contact with. No, I'm just kidding. Well, they have that red dirt, so like basements are tough. So they have those shelters, and they're like, yeah, we just sit and watch, and we can get. In. So they the they red dirt. It's like I think it's hard to have basements. In oh, that. really? So wow, that's, that's like the perfect those, storm. Like, no pun intended. They have those things that they can climb into. Those little whatever, but basements. See, are, I don't know shit about. Oprah. I, I didn't either. <laughs> I've started to learn. The, uh, but they make good beer. Uh huh. <laughs> so, it's it's crazy it lends right now. to good beer. Mm-hmm. So how did you get into this whole beer world? What's going on? There? How did you get the job? Why? Um, why did you become a beer rep? So when I was in college, uh, I grew up in northern Indiana. There wasn't. You didn't drink any beer in college, did you? Uh uh-uh, Never. <laughs> no, kidding. mom sure didn't. Like, <laughs> uh, so you started drinking beer in college? No, I'm just kidding. Um. So there wasn't that much that I remember because it wasn't, I mean, I grew up in a small town. I went to a college where we're all young, a lot of small towns going into that, filtering into that. I do remember getting a lot of Bells Too Hearted. I didn't really know that much about it. That's cool, though. I mean, that's pretty neat. Michigan's right there. Uh, Yeah. That's one of the best beers that helped shape I think American it's like beer. consistently one of the it's right highest now, currently rated It's beer. the number yeah. one IPA yeah. in the United States. Yeah. I don't really, I didn't know that much about it. I just knew I liked it. And I also knew that other people didn't like it. So if I were going to get a six pack of it and take it to a party, I didn't have to worry about having to share it with people. Nice. Like, and it's expensive too in comparison to right. what they were probably drinking. Yeah. But I also knew Natty that I used to get... You get a buzz off of one faster oh, yeah. than drinking like four Keystone Lights. Like, That's just a bonus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, bang for your buck. But yeah. I also remember there being a lot of Boulevard wheat too, and I was just like, "All right, this is I, this is enjoyable. I'll drink this also." And then you can hold the mic a little bit. Cl- yeah. When I, I was sure uh, a senior in college, we got to take this class with my major, and it was strictly about craft beer. So. My teacher must have been a like the only answer I have for that is my teacher was a beer nerd. It had to be. So really? like he was like, I wanna teach and drink. So it meant once a week at night and he would bring in different beers and sample us on them and wow. it was different styles. You have to make sure everyone was old enough for him. We you had to be twenty one to take the course. Okay. Um Oh he had a whole class on this shit. Yes. It was That's brilliant. It, he, Kudos it, to you, sir. It had to be. He had to be a craft, like an OG craft beer nerd. He had to be. Whoa. Looking back, that and this is a major university. This wasn't like a community college. Well, so he wrote the curriculum, had it approved. Just, this just uh, solidifies my bad decision on not becoming a professor or not pursuing that path. Sure. Because that is awesome. Yeah, and I was just like, this is interesting. I enjoy this, and then. 
instead of going to class one night, he took <laughs> us to one of the local <laughs> brew pubs. And it was two stories. And I used to go to concerts at this brew pub. And I was like, well, this is what this place looks like with the lights on, first off. And second off, we all got flights. And that's what our class was. We had to each get a flight of like six different beers and then take notes and write a paper about it. How, how old are you? Right now, I'm in my 30s. Uh, but I was freshly 21, and it was no, cool. No, I, I, the only reason why I'm so, that asset is like, I'm like, where the fuck was craft brew class Yeah. when I was in college? Right. I always hear this shit like, oh, you could take a Simpsons class, or there's the Wire class, and now there's a... I missed out on the craft beer Like, I would compare his craft beer class to your entry-level uh, <laughs> beer server. Like, your certified Cicerone beer server, the level one. That would be what I would define that I class as. That's a great answer. But I, did it help you, you think, get I this mean, job? I mean, I remember was there that was that one the of the kit. things you mentioned to get your job? No, there was You didn't this, mention the class? There was this... So... We'll go down that rabbit hole. But there was this guy that was in my major that was two years older than I was. And when he graduated, he went to – he was from Boston. So he got a sales rep. He was rep from Austin? Pos- Boston. Oh, Boston. So he got a sales rep position with Anheuser-Busch. And I was like, man, that's cool that he used to go sell beer, but I don't want to go work for Budweiser. <laughs> and then that well, always, now they own a ton of craft brews. Yeah, but he was just straight – Budweiser sales rep. So, yeah. and I was like, that was always in the back of my head. And then eventually it came to a point where I moved to Kansas City. Uh, and I was like, I want to get in craft beer. I really missed an opportunity of doing that earlier. So I started working with Flying Saucer and I was there for three years. And do you I'm, like working there? I know there's a lot of. Uh, I don't know, negative connotation, but is there? I mean, people are just like the saucer. But like I what? owe the what saucer. The, what's the negative I mean, people just think it's a brand, the... like a chain restaurant. Like, where... But they have an amazing selection of craft beer. Like right that, now, though, I bet you. The training program, you get paid to take this very strict and regimented training program where you have to learn material. You have to take a test. If you don't get an 80% on your test, you have to retake it. And you only get two chances to retake tests the entire time you do Laura, it. making the case on beer education. Yeah. Bro, I took beer in college, dude. And I was on a hardcore regimented program at Flying Saucer, motherfucker. Yeah. So this might just seem like, like on the surface, just like cheesy beer shit. But bro, underneath, man, there's some serious yeah. knowledge going on and in this beer shit. And it also like helps create like a passion for it too, and you're being constantly tested and challenged on it and i think too how many taps did you guys have at flying 76 that's incredible that's got to be crazy maintaining that shit absolutely keeping the quality Mm -hmm. of the beer up and uh, always getting stuff in there that people out. i always feel bad when i see like like poor the poor servers lately with all these fucking craft nerds Uh ordering beer yeah. Like, you and have to know 70 different beers well, at also, any there's given over time? 200 bottles, too. Bottles in selection. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's another... And that's an area that, too, like, it's like, oh, I don't ever get to really try that. I can try anything on draft at any given moment, but something that's in bottle, I can't always taste that. Always, uh, I'm such a alcoholic that I always scan the taps before I sit down. I'm like... Sure. And I kind of already know what I'm going to hit. I'm not that picky. Right. But uh, I could already see the horror on their face when they see 
that you're going to order be like some of these these poor kids, man. They'll just right. look like and they'll be like, you want the tap list or they'll start trying to name off shit that they don't know. And you right. I just feel bad. I'm like, well, no one should have to know all of that exactly. just to get you a damn beer. Mm-hmm. But that's just the state of where we're at right now. No, exactly. Because people always want something new. They have also been have. There's always that person or those people that have that list of top 10 beers that I have to try in my lifetime. A beer bucket list. Yeah, their beer bucket list. And then if you go to a place like the Saucer who has the ability to have that inventory and they're going to have one or two or three of those, so they come in and try it. And usually that's not a beer that you taste out that often or you get to try. So you just have to be like, kind of know what that beer tastes like. I'm going to just give you yeah. descriptors that fit it loosely. Yeah, a lot of times, yeah. And uh, that sounds like a college course, the beer bucket list oh, class. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, right? You could Did you ever bring in badass shit? Like, were you like anything mind blowing? I mean, I'm at the point now where. No, I mean in your college class. I'm still on the college shit. We, we. It was just really small town. Does he still teach? Is he still doing I don't know. I would love to know. I would love to send him an email and be like, here are my credentials. I'm going to go do a podcast with him. Yeah. On his class and shit. I mean, I guarantee he had to be this just like closet beer nerd who didn't really have anybody in his community that he could share his passion with. So he's like, I'm going to force it off on these college kids that can take it for a credit. I fucking love it, man. That is so awesome. Good deal, man. That's so cool. And so, you know, some of the... Uh, so, all right, so you're at Flying Saucer. Yeah, I was at Saucer Continue. for three years. Um, I was managing towards the last year that I was there. I was teaching the beer training, or I was... The so you had already kind of, you were at a, like, you were one of the, like, more knowledgeable people there. Like, like you started... I guess, I don't know. I mean, you you're just like put so much time into it. You're like an overachiever over there? Well, when I started with the Saucer, the group of <laughs> gals that I was with, we were all so competitive, and we were competitive with each other. And we About also... beer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because that... I love it. That's that so awesome. That class of women, I guess you could say, are all doing really badass stuff. There's like, uh, I mean, Monica with Major Brands, like... She has so much to do with where I'm at today. Um, Erica Schulte, like, she was in that group of people, and she's doing really good. we got to get these people on the podcast. She's with Rieger, Risky. Like, she's doing stuff with Rieger. We could do a three, all three of you guys on a panel. Yeah, it'd be rad. We have, I mean, we were so competitive with each other. There were times that we, like, didn't like each other because we were so competitive. But now there's just this, like, camaraderie between us. Like, if I have a question, if they have a question, we all will take care of each other. Well, and Allie Bush, she's at Boulevard. She helped get the tour program where it is now. Like, we're all just doing our thing, and I, it comes back to the, the, what we got from the saucer. And so, what about that? Uh, so you have, wow, that's so cool. You have a pocket of, you know, four women. There's four of you. Um, you I mean, well, there is a gal who moved out to Colorado, and she's the brand manager or the sales manager for a distributor out there uh kudos to flying saucer man just freaking making uh like just just turning out all these like awesome people into the into this beer industry so yeah so you got all right uh so through this competition you guys get better you guys have all kind of went on to, to do uh cooler shit what what how 
do you feel like the beer industry is like fair and and and, and an awesome place for women, or is it like, or was it's still it tough? A boys club? It's still a boys really? Club. I had no yeah, idea. It totally is. is. It? It's that's so shocking. I mean. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any idea. I mean, no, it I mean, is. it just it just kind of like, and we spoke uh, like kind of lends itself in that way to, yeah, like a like a like a like a bro club. Sure, thing. but I and I know, and there's exceptions to every rule. I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Go, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're totally fine. I, the thing about Coop is we are the brewery in Oklahoma that hires the most women. Like that's awesome. There's so many people that always are like, well, if you're not a female, you're not going to get hired at Coop, and that. It's so cool to actually see that transition and people recognizing, but it's not just you have to be a female. Like everybody no. that has been put in those positions has credibility Ooh. and credentials and they have a passion and they're educated um, and they're just passion, they're passionable about what they're doing. So it's cool to see that transition. And you totally paid your dues from, you know, what it sounds like, you know, and, and, uh, I mean, I was at Boulevard for a year or two before I got this job. Not just to get the experience of a brewery uh, under my belt. I loved every minute of it. The connections I made there. And the people, I mean, I go in there and people still come to give me hugs. So you worked at Boulevard as well? Uh-huh. Okay, so you went from... Saucer. To Boulevard? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how'd that happen? What did you do um, Allie, Allie Bush, she helped me along the way. And I owe a lot to her. She really really did a lot for me um and it was crazy too because i was in the original tap room and i'd always walk into work each day and see all those original pictures that they had of the crew that got boulevard started and i was just like i that's what i'm going for like i want to be part of one of these crews that gets a brewery off the ground and where they're going uh, when I started with Coop, we only had 14 employees. No, we had 13 employees. So you have had that opportunity. Here. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're one of those early. We, yeah, there were. One, there was one sales rep in that role. There was our marketing manager, our events uh, person, specialist, and then a couple office people, and the rest were production. So you were at Boulevard, and then how did you make the transition over uh, to Coop? So I was approached by someone that knew that Coop was coming into the market, and they said that they were looking for somebody. Um, they had some tough times getting people hired. Some They came up a few times to interview people, and it didn't pan out. Uh, and they knew me, and they knew where I came from, and they felt confident that they could refer me for the position. How long were you at Boulevard at that for point? For a year. So you were at Flying Saucer for three, then you were at Boulevard for uh-huh. a year, and then you went to Coop. Yeah. How long have you been with Coop? For a little over two years. You've been there for two years. Yeah. What kind of stuff have you done? What do you do? What does your job entail now with them? I cover Nebraska, Kansas, uh, Kansas City. I launched Kansas City Market, and then I also launched the Columbia Market, too. So those are all my territories. Uh, it's. It's been awesome. I mean, we were so small. <laughs> we were so small. The stuff that we did in the beginning, it was just like, whoa, this is, I'm taking a risk. Like, is this going to pan out? But I knew when I met the guys at the brewery, the ladies at the brewery, got to know their business model, they make smart decisions. They don't make decisions that aren't going to benefit us in the long run. Uh, I think the reason why we're able to be doing some of the amazing things that we're getting ready to do in the next few years because we stuck to our core brands. 
we realized those brands were what made us money. We had a great barrel aging project, but we weren't trying to release those because those could flop. You're not going to, they're expensive to make and they cost a lot on the shelf. So if you're going to get your return on that, it's not always certain, but we just, um, purchased the armory, uh, in Oklahoma city from the state of Oklahoma. It's over 75,000 square foot. Uh, it's going to be our forever home and we're going to have a brewery. Uh, we're going to have an armory. Yeah. It's the armory that they processed. Uh, I believe the world war two soldiers and the Korean soldiers, Korean war soldiers, uh, we're going to have a hotel and a restaurant in it. And right now... Ah, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. And right now there is no brewery, I believe, in the United States that has a hotel directly on site. Uh, wow. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So there's going to be like a couple a... suites and then just regular rooms. And you can overlook production from your... <laughs> so fun, man. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's exciting. It just like you don't have to go anywhere. You'd be good. No. Just... <laughs> yeah, you can go to the restaurant. You can go to the tap room. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have off. to worry about yeah, going anywhere else. And that's so cool, man. That, that I love it. I had no idea. So how long has that been? Is, uh, is, is there in the already... last couple of months, we found out that we got the bid for it. And then it's going to be hopefully within the next two years that we'll be, be over there. And that's fucking we have a 30-barrel cool. system right now, and we're about ready to jump up when we move over there to a 60-barrel system. So Wow, just double just uh-huh. like that. Double or, yeah. That's so incredible. And, you know, I love F5, obviously. Another beer that I wanted to talk about is is that I get excited when I see when it comes out is Alpha Hive. Oh, that's our best-selling <laughs> season. such a badass beer. It. Yeah. It is. I yeah, mean, like, a lot of people say that we're chasing after – that hop slam train and to be honest that wasn't any intention you know and i heard that as well i mean i I, people and and my answer would be like what does uh like does anyone have a market and i've heard that that people it goes all all different sure so one of the things is like that i hear about hop slam is how much people dislike it lately Right? right. So, I mean, it's like, it's falling off. It ain't what it was. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And I never hear that about it. So, like, Alpha Hive is, like, this awesome alternative for a lot of people sure. that I haven't heard bullshit about. Yeah. And that could turn. These people turn. I mean, they get fickle. Exactly. They get crazy. But um, I never looked at it like that. I just thought, you know, I like it when Hop Slam comes out. I like it when Alpha Hive comes right. out. Right. Yeah. I get I mean, super pumped about both. Honey, of, do you like double IPAs I with do. some honey? Yeah. Food? I mean, what's, what's the issue? There's a lot of beers that sounds. There's a lot of coffee stouts. Exactly. Lot, they're always a little bit different. I don't think feel like you guys tried to do a clone of. And I don't even think <laughs> Bell's is distributed in Oklahoma right now. Like <laughs> I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But I feel like it's not even distributed there yet. But I think you're on the good, better end of the uh, publicity on that. I, I always think that people that have a, a genuinely positive view yeah. of Alpha Hive. I. We but I, and lately, I've seen more people shitting on Hop Slam for whatever reason, which it, is totally unwarranted. It is unwarranted. I mean, it's whatever. People yeah, but a- Alpha Hive is a is a fantastic beer. So, um, dude, it's it's what is the ABV on that? It is nine percent. Is it really? Yeah, nine point one. Nine point one. Yeah, and we. I mean, our brewer, head brewer Blake, used to be a science teacher and. 
a lot of what he does and the way we make beer has to come back to his roots in that. But honey is the most natural form of fermentable sugars. And if you want to get your ABV up to that yeah. high, why not? Like, <laughs> makes sense. Those little organisms love chewing up on the honey. They got to feed them. That's right. That's awesome. Uh, an- another beer that I, I didn't know that you guys made was, and I wanted to try, is the, the horny toad. Sure. That's one of our original recipes. Uh, <laughs> we launched this market with it, and it's just a really clean, traditional blonde ale. Um, but people are fickle when it comes to, to like, origi- like OG styles, like a blonde ale. People are just like, eh, I'm over well, it. Well, it's nothing, yeah. Yeah. But the branding on it is awesome. I love horny toads. Every, not every one of our, our logos... But for the most part, a majority of them have ties back to Oklahoma yeah. in some way. And, like, obviously there's tons of... Have you seen a horny toad? I haven't, but I want to, like, go Oh, they're out. awesome. Yeah. And there's so many armadillos in Oklahoma, yeah. too. I'm like, somebody take me, please. A well, horny toad is awesome. Yeah. It's like a... Well, there, there's, there's little baby ones. Okay. So there's little small ones. And then there's big-ass ones. I've seen them pretty big. I believe that. So they look like... I mean, if you hold one in your hand, it looks like a little dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. They're fucking a trip, man. Yeah. But I, I, t- I, I took them for granted when I was a, a kid in New Mexico because okay. we had a bunch of – I don't think they're endangered now. There's so many of them sure. just everywhere. And I guess Oklahoma as so, well. So I, I love like horny toads. Oklahoma is where a lot of them are. Yeah. And some people call them horn frogs like the – TCU? Yeah, TCU's the horn <laughs> frogs. I never called it a horn frog, but I guess it's the same deal. Aren't I always they, called it a horny toad. Are they a lizard? What? Aren't they a lizard? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're horned frogs. <laughs> but I always, we always call them horny toads. Yeah. So I was happy to see that that's what mm-hmm. you guys are calling them. Yeah, that's one of our original recipes. It still does really well in, in Oklahoma. Does it do well? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not going anywhere anytime no, soon? No, I don't think so. It's just that, I mean, we, we make a lot of different styles of beer, and we know that not every beer we make is going to be for you, but we definitely have something for well, everyone. Yeah, a blonde ale isn't going to knock the beer nerds out of their seat. Right. So there's that whole deal. And but if you if you get some horny tone beer swag, okay. anything. We have t shirts. Just, just let me know. They're brown. Oh. Why? Hey, does it have a horny toad <laughs> yeah, on it? it okay. I'm 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 all down. <laughs> and uh what is there we're about to turn into a pumpkin. I already see these. Where they got the the um, stand-up comics. The uh, what is it called when you the um, open mic? Open mic. Yeah, night. I was like, it's open why was mic that so hard? So they're already getting ready. Uh, Alpha Hive. What other? Did you want to talk about any other beers or events or festivals um, that you got going on? I mean, I have so many festivals. I'm pretty much everywhere <laughs> where that comes to that. Your um, life is a beer festival. It, my, with no. three states, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and Nebraska loves their festivals, and Kansas City does too. Um, we just came out with. We just released Oktoberfest. It's starting to trickle into the market. Um, and this summer, we came out with a new summer seasonal. Fly Me Away. It's our hazy IPA. Um, Did you really guys mm-hmm. made a hazy IPA? Is that on the market now? It is. It's in pink cans. It has airplanes on it. Um, That's in Kansas Amazon? It is, yeah. It's both sides. Wow. Uh-huh. I didn't know that, man. So Saturday night was out? our seasonal, summer seasonal last year, and it just... It did so well that we are, we couldn't ignore that it needed to be part of our core lineup. It was something that we were missing in our portfolio, and it gave us the ability to play with something new this year and fly me away. It's just, it's 
killing it for us, but I, it's cool to see people uh, receptive to that kind of year, too. Yeah, and when did this come out? Uh, I mean, this year. Like, this when summer? Is it? Yeah. yeah. It just, it's just been out for this whole time. June, yeah. <laughs> There's so many beers. I understand. There's so many beers. Well, let's talk about Horny Toad again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, that's awesome. Uh, it's Fly Me what? Fly Me Away. So, Brandon Airlines is an airline. Like, it was an economy-based airline out of Oklahoma. Uh, we're, our facility right now is right by the airport. So, Fly Me Away. It'd be kind of, it's our nod. tip our hat to all of that so that's awesome well laura man i've really enjoyed speaking with you i think that i would like to follow up and maybe get some of your old uh but even if you don't i think it'd be cool just to have you a reunion talking (laughs) beer in general i want to know some of your your beer festival stories okay i've got a lot (laughs) promise no but it's been a, a real pleasure uh hanging out with you tonight and we just turned into a pumpkin and we're gonna go have some more brewskis and we're out deal thank you what we're doing here ain't just scary it's about to be